0: is on the daily sports talk show. Nuwana is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX might regret this, but I hope not. Trying to live my life without regrets. But I'm drinking a Lotus at 4 o'clock on a Tuesday. So whatever happens after this, it's just full send. Had a hell of a day around here, though. Uh, at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Lots going on. It's amazing how people reawaken, and then all of a sudden you're just... I mean, I think we're always all busy all the time. But when the sun starts shining, it's so nice out. you got to cram all your activities in as as much as you can. Enjoy the summer. It's just a different feel this time of year. We had a great day here uh, at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Welcome in, Nuan is now ESPN Radio uh, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. We appreciate you hanging out with us here uh, on your Tuesday. I uh, had a busy meeting uh, morning of meetings, excuse me, and then we rolled right into birthday parties uh, times two. So happy birthday, both Michaela and Rhonda, two of my favorite gals, two great gals to work with here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. And uh, what has become a tradition, I like to think I have at least a little influence on it. Nacho party, so we ate some nachos, homemade style. We made them up here at the, in the kitchen at Missoula Broadcasting, and then we roll into do- a delicious cake from Bernice's Bakery. I gotta say, I-, I hate cake. I know you can't tell by looking at me, but I don't like. Andrew's looking at me. I don't like cake. Whatever cake that is, though, I like that cake. That confetti cake from Bernice's Bakery is mm, so, so good. So we appreciate those ladies for being born and uh, for sharing their cake with us. And uh, then we just kept on rolling here uh, into Nuanas Now. There is no Nuanas Now on Friday. We always drink Florence coffee on Fridays. Lately, been drinking Lotuses because it's that time of year. Lotus is plant-based energy. It's clean. It's uh, sustainable. And uh, not a lot of crash coming off of it. It's also just very refreshing. You mix it with the uh, the sparkling water and uh, healthy, refreshing, no sugar. So uh, pretty good. If you need a little afternoon pick-me-up, no matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Florence Coffee company near you. Uh, we almost always do that on Fridays, but I'm out this weekend, Thursday and Friday, going back to the Midwest. Uh, I shouldn't say going back to you. I'm going to the Midwest for the first time. I've been to Minneapolis before. Uh, when I was just graduating college, uh, two of my best friends, a couple of guys that I had lived with in school, they both decided to go out to Minneapolis for the uh, to go to school there at the University of Minnesota's business school, which is one of the best uh, business schools in the country. It has one of the best MBA programs. That's what brought both of them out there uh, to do that. And uh, so I drove them out there and hung out a little while. That was when our other good buddy, Colt Anderson, was first playing for the Minnesota Vikings as well, former Grizz. Uh, So that was fun, and I enjoyed that. But that was a long time ago. That was probably 13 years ago. I've been through the Midwest several times while driving across the country. Uh, The only city I spent any even small amount of time in was St. Louis just for a day when I was driving to Chattanooga, Tennessee to watch the 2008 uh, FCS National Championship game. But I have never been to Wisconsin I've never been, at least to my knowledge, I might have like driven through the bottom part of it, but I don't think I've ever been to Illinois. I've certainly never been to Milwaukee or Chicago, period. Never even stepped foot in either city. So I'm very excited for it. One of my best friends uh, lives in Milwaukee. We're going to catch a Brewers game. We're going to go do some sightseeing in Chicago and uh, probably just, you know, Walk around, check it out, eat and drink, whatever you do on vacation. I don't know. I, I, I'm these these vacation things are foreign to me. So a uh, a trip for fun and fun alone, is something that I have rarely experienced in my adult life. So here we go, full send. Uh, but because of that, we're off the air on Thursday and Friday. So we're jam packing all the stuff that we usually do throughout the week, uh, into today and to tomorrow. So here's what we got coming up. We'll take you around the world of sports in Montana. A couple news briefs for you that I think you'll probably find uh, a little bit uh, intriguing. We're also going to continue to do our most memorable and most impressive moments from throughout the sports year. Sometimes the most memorable moment is the most impressive. Sometimes the most impressive is the most memorable. But other times, there's memorable moments from a sports season that maybe aren't impressive or maybe are, you know, Somewhat heartbreaking, sad, or whatever. Just what do we, just right off the top of your head, what do you remember the most about that specific sport in that specific season? And then what is the uh, most impressive accomplishment in that specific sport from around the state of Montana? We'll keep on doing that. We also have our Treasure State stars highlighting some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana from the week that was. We also have some free tag for you, Taglieri Tuesday, every Tuesday uh, here on Nuanas Now. Tag Deli now has two locations, one on Wyoming Street, right below uh, the new, in the, on the bottom floor of the new Cognizant Building, uh, right there by the uh, Missoula Paddlehead Stadium. The other location, the OG location, is over there uh, on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. Taglieri Deli has uh, the best sandwiches you're going to find in the state of Montana, but they also have a wonderful selection of Old World wine. A wonderful selection of um, Italian goods like pastas and pasta sauces. I get all of my olive oils there. So we'll give you an opportunity to win a $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli. The news of the day around the wide world of sports uh, is the quote-unquote merging of the Live Tour, the PGA Tour, pretty much all of professional golf, reconglomerating into a new sort of, I don't even know how to say it. New governing body, I guess. A new organization is what it is. I say quote-unquote merging because there's a lot about this that's, that's fascinating. Some of it's polarizing. Some of it's controversial. Uh, more than anything, it's just interesting. I do think it's driving the sport forward. I don't know what that means. It's certainly going to be more lucrative for everybody involved in professional golf. I think it's drawing more exposure. But there's good and bad reasons around all of this. So we'll talk about that, plus a variety of other things, with Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Usually she joins us on Thursdays, but she'll be here uh, on your Tuesday. And then uh, at 5.30, very excited for this, the continuation of our senior spotlight, a young man who's joined us twice before, Dougie Peoples, Butte Central High School, the Montana Gatorade Basketball Player of the Year. He's headed to College of Idaho, the now reigning NAIA National Champions. Uh, he's a young man who led Butte Central to unbelievable success. He will be uh, an unforgettable figure in the the sports lore of both the Mining City and the state of Montana for the walk-off buzzer beater he hit uh, against um, Lewistown in the Class A state championship game his junior year. Uh, Butte Central fell a bit short of the state championship during People's senior year. They lost in the semifinals to Dylan, but then they battled back and got third. Uh, but still, an unbelievable career for Dougie Peoples—a pair of trophies and so many, so many points and so many iconic games. I told one of my buddies when he was asking about Dougie Peoples because Dougie Peoples was one of the one of the young men we highly and heavily considered uh, for our vertical rays and ESPN MT class a boys basketball player of the year. And uh, when our our buddy Pete from vertical rays was asking me about Dougie peoples, I said, Oh yeah, man. He's like the Montana Steph Curry, the way he gets himself open. He's, he's, he's an unbelievable shooter. You don't believe that he can dominate you like this because he's so slight and just uh, sort of childlike looking, Uh, but then he's just unreal. I mean, he's just an unbelievable shooter. Like I, the kids would say, he's just—he's a bucket. He's a walking bucket, and we're excited to have Dougie Peoples on the show about 5:30 uh, for the continuation of our senior spotlight. That's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now you're listening on ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching 102.9. Uh, excuse me on SWX Montana Television or on the ESPN MT app. And speaking of 102.9, you're either on 102.9 FM on your radio dial, or you can always go to 102.9ESPN.com. Click on the stream and uh, you will find uh, the ability to listen live to this show and ESPN anytime, anywhere, 24-7, 365, all around the world. You want to be a, a part of the show? You want to get a hold of us? You want to win some Taglieri? Or you have uh, questions, comments, feedback, uh, contributions, whatever, 406-888-1029. That's 888 and all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. I know you've probably been hearing the promos for the American Gladiators documentary, the new 30 for 30 that's out on ESPN Plus. It's a two-parter, it's very long. Each episode is over an hour and a half, so it's more than three hours of content. I will say, I just finished the second part last night. It is a roller coaster ride, to be sure. You've probably seen the promos and you've probably seen, you know, some of the little things that they're using to tease this. It's certainly an exercise in um Conjuring up nostalgia—that's certainly a huge part of the entertainment industry at this exact moment in time. And the first part of the first episode, not to spoil too much of it, but you're getting your full dose of nostalgia. You're, you're seeing the the heights of the American Gladiators and how popular they were and why it was such a tr- transcendent show, and you know why it sort of fit into the landscape of of American television at that time. You know, it's at the same time when you know professional wrestling was at its Probably highest height. Uh, combat, combat entertainment was certainly a part of the American television watching experience. So that parts serves a good dose of nostalgia. It makes you feel you know all the feels from the late '80s and early '90s, and you know what what it used to be like in America for better or worse, and why the show was so popular. But then it just goes down this crazy trail of who actually came up with the idea of American Gladiators. How did this story? rise to prominence? How did this idea become this TV show? How did this basically uh, sort of back alley exhibition for iron workers in Erie, Pennsylvania become a a nationwide television phenomenon? How did that happen? But then also the, the battle for the recognition of who created it and also the fallout from it it's profound. It's a really, really sad documentary. And at the beginning, you're watching it, you're all juiced up because you're just feeling your nostalgia and the, you know, the music's going, the iconic American gladiators music, and then the whole thing just unravels. But from a journalism perspective, from a, a, a reporting perspective, the way that these documentary makers, the way the filmmakers were able to put this thing together, man, unbelievable. So interesting. So uh, I, I would say, it, it, buckle up, but certainly uh, give it a chance. Other uh, pieces of news from around the state of Montana, the Grizz track team got a big-time commitment. Henry Ballinger, who was a uh, multiple-time divisional champion in the Western Double-A, probably the best uh, distance runner from the West this year in high school track and field, he's out of Helena High. He set the Western AA Divisional record uh, in the 800 meters. He also broke the Helena High School record in the mile at the Western AA Divisionals. And then he got on the podium in both those races at the AA meet as well. He just had the misfortune of having to... uh, If Henry Ballinger was uh, a senior any other time besides this year, he would absolutely have been a, if not the favorite in the mile and uh, in all of the distances pretty much. But he's the same class as Weston Brown from Bozeman High. And Weston Brown is one of the fastest distance runners in the history of the state of Montana. I mean, he set the all-class record in the mile. He ran a time in the two-mile when he ran at the Arcadia Invite that would have shattered the all-class record in Montana by like 25 seconds. So this kid, uh, Weston Brown, is going to Princeton. Uh, certainly, a, a premier athlete uh, in the history, of the recent history of of distance running in Montana. But Henry Ballinger, certainly a, a a marquee distance runner, and so for the Grizz to get a commitment from Henry Ballinger, I think that's big time. We, we've talked about that on this show a lot. Uh, one of the places where Montana State has dominated Montana so much in terms of the uh, omnipresent in-state battle has been in-state recruiting in track and field. It makes sense. Montana State has invested so much in their track and field program. Uh, they have state-of-the-art tracks, both for their indoor facility, which Montana doesn't even have one, and their outdoor facility. Uh, Bozeman, certainly one of the, the premier you know, mid-major schools for track and field, certainly. And, and the rise of the Bobcat Distance Corps specifically has been huge. We were doing our most memorable and our most impressive. My most memorable moment from the cross-country season this last year was Montana State Men's Track and Field finishing uh, in the top 25 in the United States of America. So, for Montana State to have that level of success, and then for Montana uh, under this new coach and Doug Fraley to be able to go get one of the best guys in the state, who's a distance guy, mind you, to come to Montana, I think that's a big deal. I think it's a good recruiting job uh, by the Grizzlies. So, um, don't underestimate the in state recruiting battle when it comes to track and field in Montana. You can get premier athletes. I mean, Look at the Bobcats right now. They're sending a, a conglomeration of athletes to the national meet. Where are all those people from? Duncan Hamilton's from Bozeman. Uh, Levi Taylor's from Laurel. Uh, Camille, Camilla Noe's from Bozeman. Z- Zach Perrin's from Calspell. I mean, the, the core of runners that are going to national, I think there's five total Bobcats going to nationals. Four of them are from Montana. Four of them were running in Montana high school track and field recently. So don't underestimate uh, how recruiting Montanans uh, can can swing the, the balance of power when it comes to the, the cat-grizz-grizz-cat rivalry uh, in the state of Montana. This is Nuwadis Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A couple of other news briefs for you. First of all, Josh Bannon, who declared uh, his intention to go pro and signed a contract with the professional basketball team in Brisbane, Australia. He is getting a tryout. Uh, in the NBA, so he's going to get a tryout for the um, Indiana Pacers, and uh, this is uh, it's an interesting interesting one for sure. I, I've I've seen my own evaluations of of what's going on in the Big Sky right now. I've seen those challenged a little bit uh, in the last couple weeks. It's been my assertion that Big Sky Conference men's basketball. Uh, has been down since the post-pandemic years. You know, I look around and I don't see players like Harold Frey and Tyler Hall at Montana State or Ahmad Rory and Michael Ogine inside Prigid at Montana. Like, all those guys were way higher-level players than what's been in the league lately. Uh, you know, you don't see Andre Spider Northern, uh, of Northern Colorado or Jordan Davis of Northern Colorado walking around anywhere. But it's been challenged a bit because we've seen a, a few of the best players in the Big Sky get these pro opportunities. And I think part of that is upside and part of that size and part of that's the evolution of the game. All the guys I just named from the Big Sky's past were all guards. Well, it's it's ridiculously hard to make an NBA roster as a guard. I mean, Tyler Hall is the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Sky Conference. And he's been bouncing around the G League forever. Tyler Harvey, same thing at Eastern Washington, so prolific. And he's been bouncing around the G League forever. Jamie Sanglin from Weber State, he, he's a 2,000-plus point scorer. Uh, he's been stuck overseas. The guys that have been getting real NBA shots, pretty much none of those guys I just named got real NBA shots. Tyler Hall has gotten a, sh- a real NBA shot. He's been on a 10-day contract a couple times, but mostly has been toiling in the G League. Harold Frank's making a bunch of money overseas, as is Ahmad Rory. Michael Ogine got an opportunity overseas for sure. But Dylan Jones from Weber State actually got a real NBA opportunity. He was at the NBA combine, the draft combine. You know, he played in this sort of mini league leading up to that. And uh, he took it down to the wire all the way until the deadline uh, to withdraw from the NBA draft. So he got a real consideration. And and I think that if he has a good senior year at Weber State, I uh, could certainly improve his uh, NBA aspirations. Bannon, same thing. Bannon... I think that some Grizz basketball fans would tell you that Josh Bannon left a little bit to be desired during his time in Montana. First and foremost, because the Grizz didn't win all that much over the last three years. They've been above 500, so they're certainly, or right at 500 uh, one of those years. So it's certainly not like it's a full-on catastrophe but, you know, Montana is, is accustomed to winning 20-plus games. Travis Takir won 26 games two years in a row here at Montana, so it hasn't quite been up to that, you know, championship, Big Sky Tournament uh, champion, NCAA tournament-bound type of standard. Bannon, though, also, he stuffs the stat sheet. He has so much... Uh, impact on a game in a variety of ways and he's also a very unique player as a six foot ten guy who can handle the ball I think the, thing, the other thing you'd say that was left to be desired is he's got a hitch in his shot his shot's a little bit funky and that made it so that he maybe wasn't as efficient as you want him to be although he did shoot the ball pretty darn well during his Montana career it's one of those ones where you can see how talented Josh Bannon is and you can see how good he can be and how good he could be So that's why I'm not surprised uh, he's getting this tryout with the Indiana Pacers. Um, Andrew, what do you think of that? I mean, Andrew Houghton, our our producer here on uh, ESPN Radio, joining us. To me, like I always say, you have to have either elite size and, and athleticism or an elite skill or a combination of the two if they're if they're pinning Bannon on maybe a guy that can face the basket then he does have an elite s- skill because that's his size right but to me i just feel like he's not a good enough shooter to be at that level yet but i mean this is intriguing that he's getting a shot uh, at least to see uh, for nba scouts to see what he's got yeah it's a good thing for him even
1: if he does end up going to play in australia right that experience playing against other guys who are, who are trying to make the nba is only going to help you, right? I think I think you're spot on with this evaluation. There are a lot of reasons to look at Josh Bannon and think that he's not an NBA player. Uh, he's, he's a little bit of a tweener. The shot is, is so weird. Uh, but I think the other point in Josh Bannon's favor is that from everything that I know about him, regardless of what his ceiling is, He's going, he's going to reach that ceiling, right? He's going to that's work right. extremely hard.
0: Th- that's right.
1: That's right. And, and he, he proved that over his years at Montana. He proved that even before he got to Montana when he was in Australia's sort of youth national team setup. Uh, and and that's just a plus. And, and after all that, maybe he's not an NBA player, but I think it's good for him to get a shot. It'll be good for him going forward, and it's certainly not that he's... He's certainly, he's certainly not undeserving of, of putting his game out there and, and getting a shot like that.
0: It's spot on. Uh, it's a cliche, but Josh Bannon's a gym rat. Like, he, he's just, Andrew's right. He's going to work on it. The thing that I think Bannon has an opportunity to really excel is he had sort of a funky shot, but there's also just like not a lot of priority on fixing that kind of stuff in this current iteration of the style of the program for Grizz Basketball. That's not, that's not a criticism, it's, it's just a fact. I think when Josh Bannon gets to the pro ranks, uh, he'll almost certainly have a personal trainer, maybe even a personal shooting coach. But he'll also just have so many more resources to improve things like that and so much more time because you're just a pro. So now it's literally your job. Another piece of Grizz basketball news here on Nuwan is Now, ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Isaiah Kerr, who was recently with the Grizz basketball team, he is now on his way to Chico State. He entered the transfer portal a little while ago and uh, he's headed to the uh, Division II power there in Northern California. Interesting tie there. Uh, Chris Cobb, the associate head coach at Montana, as well as Jay Flores, another assistant for the Grizz basketball team. They both played at Chico State, and uh, Cobb coached at Chico State as well. Jay Flo actually might have coached at Chico State too. There's deep Chico State ties on the Montana coaching staff, so uh, maybe that's the tie that binds with uh, with Isaiah Kerr going to um Chico State. One last brief here. Actually, we'll save this because this is going to come up uh, in the next one. So let's do a little bit more of our most impressive and most memorable list from the uh, wide world of sports from this last uh, academic year, just from you know August through uh, right now. So basically fall sports, winter sports, spring sports. Yesterday we did volleyball, cross country, prep golf, soccer at the college and prep levels. Uh, we're saving football for tomorrow. So, we'll give you our most memorable and impressive both prep and college football memories. Let's also save basketball for tomorrow as well. We uh, did wrestling. Um, swimming, I think you, you got to say, it's uh, the most impressive is certainly a-, a familiar name, a name we've talked about on this show a lot over the last five years. Uh, Catherine Burkoff, a Missoula Hellgate graduate. During her high school career, she went 16 for 16 for state championships. That's as many as you can win. <laughs> she won 16 of them. I believe she set 15 state records in the process, and she's done nothing but continue to improve during her time at North Carolina State. Uh, earlier this year, she ran the she excuse me, swam the second fastest 50-meter backstroke time in the world. If the timing aligns and she swims her best, she is certainly Olympic hopeful. Uh, so that's certainly the most impressive thing in Montana swimming. And probably the most memorable as well. Any time that you are doing something at a world class level, that's going to transcend the boundaries of sport. I, I don't think there's probably a lot of people that are super passionate, uh, super fans of swimming of at any level. But I think anybody and everybody can understand when I'm saying a young lady from Missoula, Montana is one of the best back, backstrokers in the world. The the time the clock. the the finishes and the events, it says so. It's it's proven. It's written in the time. So I think that that's, you know, it's always worth mentioning because I just think it transcends the boundaries of specific sports. The uh, most impressive um, swimming accomplishments, uh, just the domination of the Hellgate Boys, at the class AA meet, 220 points. Uh, an unbelievable uh, number in high school swimming. One past Kalispell Glacier uh, by 72 points. And then Billing Central, they swept the AB boys and girls swim meet for the third year in a row. And that was the fourth state title for the, uh, for the Central girls. So th- that's your most uh, impressive moment of the um, high school swimming season spring sports baseball it's easy Uh, still to be written still to be determined when it comes to american legion baseball which is uh, underway now here across the state of montana that's what most of us have been so used to but for high school baseball it's just one team it's it's the Poulsen Pirates. That's the most memorable. They will be forevermore the first high school baseball champion uh, in the state of Montana. And I'd say the most impressive performance is Espen Fisher on uh, a day and a half of rest, basically, throwing a complete game in the state championship game and also having the go-ahead triple uh, in it as well uh, to help. Polson, uh cruised to the, the state championship game, or the, the A state championship game victory, I should say. Uh, so that one was easy. Because um, there's, you know, there's only one. There's only one first time uh, ever. In high school tennis, the most memorable is the Hellgate girls winning the Class AA state championship. A lot of championships for Hellgate this year. They won it in boys' soccer. Uh, they won it in uh, girls' tennis. They won it in... Uh, Boys swimming. They won it in boys basketball. They competed and showed out really well at the state track meets as well. So a lot of success uh, across the board there at Hellgate High School uh, this last year. But the Hellgate girls tennis team, they won the state championship. And Brian Harwood, their head coach, he's finished second as a team, as the head coach, six different times. Every year is pretty much Bozeman winning it. Bozeman came in, Bozeman High School that is, came in with a streak of 10 straight titles. And Hellgate uh, knocks him off, knocks off everybody, and, and wins the double-A title. So uh, really memorable there. And uh, the most impressive prep tennis moment of the year, three straight state titles for Dylan Taylor, uh, who helped lead Loyola to their third straight uh, team title as well. Dylan Taylor, three straight individual titles there at Loyola. And then the Rams, they won their third straight Class BC at team tennis title uh, a couple weekends ago. We'll take a pause. We'll do some softball, track and field, football and basketball tomorrow to finish up this fun exercise. But for now, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Our Treasure State stars, some of the best individual performances from across the state of Montana. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. One of my new kicks is definitely an old kick. It's a Chris Cornell kick. It's a sound garden and an audio slave kick. I was down at Compass Barber Shop on Saturday um, after working all day uh, on uh, repainting the kitchen, reorganizing all the house, throwing a bunch of stuff away. Took a little break, went and got my uh, hair cut. I know you're thinking, Coulter, you only have like three hairs. It's still an unbelievably relaxing experience. They do the beard for you. Their buzz cut's better than the one I give myself. Uh, anyways, we were having a little Soundgarden Saturday down there on uh, at Compass Barbershop. So uh, go check those guys out. They're totally radical, super fun place to hang out. I, I always tease but I'm not actually teasing. Getting my haircut there is one of the most relaxing experiences of my life. They put the <laughs> the cape over you, and, you know, you're not on your phone. You can't look at anything. you got to have a real conversation. I, my, my guy cuts my hair, Jason, he's the man. He's become a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, then they lean you back in the chair. You get the hot towel. You get the neck shave. Oh, so good. Anyways, the Soundgarden Saturday there at Compass Barbershop uh, certainly uh, inspired me. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for joining us here on your Tuesday. One of our Tuesday staples here on Nuana's Now is our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Some of the best individual performances from across the state of Montana each and every week. The Midland Roundtable Montana-Wyoming All-Star Basketball Series is uh, happening this upcoming weekend. June 9th, uh, the game will be played at Gillette Wyoming College. And then on June 10th, they'll play at Lockwood High. This has been a continuation uh, of a fun series. The girls are tipping at 5 p.m. and the boys are tipping at 7 p.m. each night. Here's a look quickly at the uh, rosters for both the Montana teams for both the boys and the girls. The Montana girls team, Alex Bullock of Helena, Malia Egan of Colstrip, who's headed to Montana State, Elise Abbey of Laurel, who's headed to Idaho State, Lane Kearns of Hamilton, who is headed to Seattle Pacific, Avery Burkhart of Bozeman, Ava Belich of Manhattan Christian, Layla Bauman, who actually just sent me a text. I, I was inviting her on. Uh, to come on the show for our Senior Spotlight tomorrow, but she just told me she's already practicing for this All-Star game, so I guess we'll wait for one more week. Layla's a a busy young lady, but she was the point guard on that uh, West High team that won the Class AA State Championship. Brooke uh, Badanovich of Butte Central is also on the All-Star roster. Jada Clarkston of Helena Capital, Maddie Moy of Kalispell Flathead, and the uh, head coach is Wes Keller, assistant coaches Lindsey Woolley, Mark Ellis, and Jason Federico uh, for the Montana Girls All-Star team. On the boys' side, the uh, All-Stars are Royce Robinson of Lewistown, Dougie Peoples of Butte Central, Eli Hunter of Bozeman Gallatin, Connor Dick of Missoula Hellgate, Lane Love of Billing Skyview, Seth Ammonrood of Manhattan Christian, Connor Machado of Frenchtown, Michael Murphy of Glendive, Noah Dowler of Kalispell Glacier, Billy Carlson of Billings West, and the head coach, Steve Keller, who's the father of Wes Keller, and the assistants uh, are Richie Powell and Mike Savagao, I think is how you say it. Uh, so there you go. That's your all-stars through Montana-Wyoming uh, high school all-star game again. 5 p.m. for the girls, 7 p.m. for the boys. Friday night's game is in Gillette, Wyoming. Saturday night's games are in Lockwood, there, right outside of Billings. Charter State Star number two. Charter State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Duncan Hamilton. I, I know. Just name the freaking thing after him. The kid's been on here 15 times, probably, but how can you not? The most recent accomplishment for this young man, he is a finalist for the Bowerman Award. The Bowerman is given each year to the the most outstanding male and female NCAA track and field athletes in the country. So one each, one male, one female. On Monday, Hamilton was named one of ten finalists uh, for the season. Ten guys, whole country, finalists for the Bowerman Award. He's one of them. Hamilton catapulted into that top 10 following his record-setting performance at the NCAA West Regionals last, uh, I guess, two weekends ago now, in a 3,000-meter steeplechase in Sacramento, California. Hamilton's time of 8 minutes, 16.23 seconds is the second-fastest steeplechase ever recorded by a collegian behind only Washington State's Henry Rono, who clocked 8.05.40 in 1978. At the time that Hamilton ran the 8:15 or the 8:16.23, excuse me, Hamilton's mark was the fastest in the world. This is the time where a lot of those premier steeplechasers they really ramp it up. The the meets over the next couple weeks will see the best times in the world, and that's all in an effort to qualify for the world championships. So Hamilton's time was the fastest in the world because it was run before a couple other big international meets had happened. It still ranks ninth in the world, though, and it's the second fastest by an American. So Duncan Hamilton uh, still in the top 10 uh, in the Bowerman race as well as uh, in the World Steeplechase standings. Nuwana's now... ESPN Radio. Uh, Yes, Andrew, I do want to know a story about Henry Rono. So Washington State's Henry Rono is the holder of the uh, collegiate record for the 3000 meter steeplechase. Uh, That record has stood since 1978. So 45 years that 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 has stood. What is the story? What do we know about Henry Rono? There was a
1: great story about him in the New York Times last year about how a lot of his running career so he he's from Kenya like a lot of the the runners came sure, over here yeah. to run in college yep. was a, an immensely decorated athlete obviously for Washington State a guy who a lot of people thought was going to sort of dominate uh, the running scene for a long time. And here's here's a paragraph. Over 81 days as a 26-year-old Washington State sophomore, he set world records in four events. The 3, oh, he was
0: 000, in his mid-20s. Okay, that helps a lot.
1: The 3,000 meters, 5,000 meters, 10,000 meters, and the steeplechase. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so he was doing that while he was also um, adapting to living in the United States. Sure. Anyway... Um, the rest of his career was sort of destroyed by addiction. He was a, he was oh, a big no. drinker. Uh, he
0: he sort of fell downhill really quickly. Uh, There's something so fascinating to me because distance runners. You and I have talked about this both on air and off air. First of all, to be an elite world class distance runner, you have to have an acceptable level of of pain. Like you have to accept being in pain. But I, I I've also seen. It's so interesting because so many of these distance runners are like Weston Brown. They're just this, these unbelievably high-achieving people that are going to Princeton, <laughs> right? Like, or, or going to Columbia or going to these Ivy League schools. Or... They're oftentimes completely uh, uh, radical, like ma- they have maniacal tendencies. Like we- we've talked about Shannon Butler and some of his things oh, yeah. or Yuri or Robic or like this man, it sounds like they're tortured by these, they, they take the tolerance for pain to a level of then you know, sort of the self-demise. Well, it's, it's Their appetite
1: for pain is matched only by their appetites
0: for other things sometimes. For self-destruction, sometimes. right, no no doubt. It's fascinating, though, that the, you have to be wired a certain way, and then if you are wired that way, you can take it so extremely uh, down either fork in the road, right, extremely to being like a 4.0 Ivy League student or extremely down like you're talking about with this guy.
1: So here's the, the relevant paragraphs about this guy who was at one point tipped to be one of the greatest distance runners of all time. He began drinking with, increasingly, with increasing regularity, he was careless with money, he lost track of bank accounts, had cash stolen on airplanes, Whoa. and was lured into bad investments by con artists. Soon he was drifting across the United States in and out of friends' guest rooms and alcohol addiction rehab. Whoa. He parked cars in Portland, rang the bell for the Salvation Army in Salt Lake City, and pushed people in wheelchairs at the Albuquerque Airport.
0: Man. Crazy. Crazy. I hope so journalism is important, though, people, because without newspapers, without stories, without writers, without people chronicling the history of the world and the history of us as people and of individual people people like that would be forgotten about it' it's, it's just so sad to me well, and the, the
1: end of this New York Times story is that he has turned things around oh, he, let's go he, he spent some time uh, training athletes down in New Mexico on the Navajo Nation mm. uh, and now just recently he's gone back to Kenya yeah uh, and he's living on where he where he grew
0: up in Kenya so my father grew up in Sedona Arizona which if you've ever been to Sedona, you'd you never forget it for sure. Sedona is an unbelievable place. So visually beautiful. Um, Sedona, though, is, is north of Phoenix, um, but not quite to Flagstaff. I'm, I'm actually looking up as, as I speak to you uh, here on Nuanas Now uh, just how far it is just to put this story into perspective. The, um, okay, so Sedona is about 40 miles uh, south of Flagstaff. My dad used to always tell this story when I was a kid about one of his best friends growing up who was an unbelievably talented runner who also was a Navajo Indian. And the Navajos, much like the Kenyans, are known for their, their uh, running prowess, how far and long they can run. So much of that is just because it's been so uh, such a huge part of their culture for so long. And, and living in the mountains and having to run through the mountains to, to you know, earned sustenance, basically, you know, hundreds of years ago, that has then stayed strong within their genetic makeup, and it makes them such unbelievably good runners. Anyways, my dad used to always tell this story about his Navajo buddy, who would, he would say, I'm going to town. I'm going to go get some stuff in Flagstaff. And he would run to and from Flagstaff. That's like Running three marathons in a row, and he would just come back and he'd be all good, and you know, take him a day or two or whatever. But he would run for like sixty to seventy miles for a round trip. Unbelievable, just uh, the way that some people are wired and the, the way that uh, some people can can run. It's it's crazy to me. That's why I like talking about it because those sort of people fascinate and captivate me. All right, sorry, we are we are derailed here on Treasure State Stars. I'm not sorry, but you know, you get what I mean. Curse State star number three. How about? All six of the Mission Bulldogs who played in the Class C All-Star Game in Butte, Montana over the weekend. Bryce Umphrey, Canyon Sergeant, Carmine Adams, Kellen McClure, Chance Bachman, and Kenny Ness. All of those young men are from St. Ignatius. They all played for the the, uh, Class C uh, or in the Bob Cleverly Classic, that is. And uh, they helped lead their team um, to a 56-40 win. The Bulldogs... Of course, were the state runners-up uh, in Class C eight-man this last year. They lost to Belt, um, but they got a little semblance of revenge with their 56-40 to 40 win uh, over the red team. They were also led by Carson Oakland, who's the head coach uh, of St. Ignatius. I guess the former head coach, but was the head coach uh, a year ago. to say star number four, how about Braden Klein? He's a big Sandy product. He was the offensive MVP of the six-man All-Star game up in Highwood. He threw touchdowns to four different wide receivers, so uh, pretty impressive there. Treasure State star number five. How about a couple of the uh, award winners for softball in the state of Montana at the high school level? Grace Hood of Missoula Big Sky. Video game numbers, truly. She hit almost 700. She had... uh, 13 home runs and 69 plate appearances during the regular season. That ratio is just astounding. It's actually like mind-boggling to think of. And uh, she was named the Class AA Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, She's only a junior there at Big Sky, so she'll be back for her senior year. And uh, she's already uh, had a record-setting career there for the Eagles. And uh, more more to come, for sure. The Defensive Player of the Year, Ella Farrell of Kalispell Glacier. This young lady pitched all but one inning uh, during the state tournament as Kalispell Glacier won four games to win their first state title since 2015 and uh, their second state title uh, in the history uh, of their program. And the last Treasure State star, I got to say this uh, just because I I know I said this before all the Spring State Championships started, but I just want to reemphasize it. Uh, Our sixth Treasure State star is all the officials and volunteers and helpers and coaches and administrators and parents that helped out uh, over the last couple weekends. All high school sports take a great effort, uh, a great community uh, conglomeration to be able to, to put them on and to have them be successful. And, you know, to keep on giving all these young people these great opportunities. But the spring sports season is particularly tricky. Because you have district track meets going on all over the state. There's so many different events. So you have to have so many different volunteers to be measuring this and counting that and timing this and writing it down and officiating all that stuff. It just takes so many people for this stuff to happen. And I know that we're all so busy. It's so easy to be distracted all the time. It's so easy to always have something to do. But civic engagement, giving back, volunteering in your community is... Uh, certainly a pivotal part of having these opportunities remain for, for high school athletes. Uh, so thanks to all of the, everybody, officials, helpers, parents, coaches, administrators, and of course the athletes for all their great accomplishments during the spring sports season. And just in uh, the last calendar year in general, anybody that helped uh, facilitate the existence of high school sports. We appreciate you because we love the high school sports exists. We love talking about the kids and, uh, so, thank you. Thank you for all of your participation. Also, thanks to Parkside Credit Union for bringing you Treasure State stars. We do it every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. We also give you a free tag the area every Tuesday. Tag Tuesday with 25 bucks to one of the best delis you'll find anywhere in America. That's next. Plus, I got some questions for Andrew. Nuanas Now rolls on. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. I bet you so many people listening right now know that song, but I bet you you don't know who it's by. is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you do know who it's by... Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1... Actually, here's what I want you to do. I want you to text that, because I need to talk to Andrew about some stuff. So text in who you think that was, singing that song right there. Uh, it's called Far Behind. I'm not going to tell you who it is, because that's the trivia. Text 888-1029. That will get you entered in to win some Taglieri. Tagliery Deli. Two locations now in Missoula. They're located there uh, next to the Roundabout, Higgins and Broadway, Or you can also find the new location there in the first floor of the Cognizant building in the Sawmill District right off Wyoming Street. Use their online ordering. If you want some sandwiches, uh, just go online to the Tagliari's website. And then when you put it in, make sure that you you know which location you ordered from. You can go pick it up. They'll be right there waiting for you in the cooler. You don't even have to talk to anybody. pay online, swoop your food, and and go have yourself a great time uh, with your sandwiches but just make sure you go to the right one. If you order from Wyoming Street, go get, pick up your sandwich at Wyoming. You order from the other one, uh, go pick up your, your sandwiches at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. Who sang that song? Text us right now, 888-1029. You'll get entered in to win some free Tagliari Deli. Tagliari, the best sandwiches in the state of Montana. Don't believe me? Ask People Magazine. Ask the Food Network. They all agree. Tag Tuesday, every Tuesday uh, here on Nuwana's on Now. Uh, one story that's been sort of brewing in recent weeks. And I guess if you've been paying attention to how sparse the crowds are, it's actually probably been brewing for a while. There just hasn't been much indication on where the Oakland A's might go. Now there's an implication that they are, are going to go to Las Vegas, uh, but there's been still some stalling out of that. Either way, Oakland A's, I think, are almost certainly on the move and, and probably going uh, to Sin City. It, amazing, Andrew, how this... Uh, how this franchise has fallen. The Oakland A's were absolutely one of the proud franchises, not only in baseball, but in American sports. They're beloved. They have had so much success. They've won multiple World Series. Uh, And then it seems like after, in the post-Moneyball era, no sports franchise has really ever declined like this. I mean, we were looking it up earlier. They're averaging like 7,000 fans a game. How is that even possible?
1: Well, it's just possible because that's the attitude that the owner has taken with the team, right? I mean, we know that things have been tough. For the Oakland A's for a long time, the, the success of their Moneyball teams was sort of put against the backdrop of like, oh, this team doesn't have any money to spend. It's tough to... Exactly. Tough to have that's a base. Why, That's
0: why it was the post-Moneyball fallout, right? They taught everybody how to do it on the cheap, and then they continued to try to do it the cheapest of anybody, and now they just are completely irrelevant because they're spending like one-tenth of the money of what the real contenders are spending.
1: Well, and I think that the, the, the issue, the thing that just makes me so mad about this, right, is that we get that there are large markets and small markets in sure, baseball. Right. We get that without a, without a true hard salary cap, there are going to be teams that spend more and there are going to be yep. teams that spend less, right? Sure. But I think what's been so difficult to accept about this Oakland situation is that, first of all, they're trying to not just spend less. They're trying to spend the least out of anybody. They're, they've uh, cut th- the payroll down to the
0: studs. Th- there's there's individual players in Major League Baseball that make as much as the entire A's team. They traded any of their good players that might have even... I
1: mean, they came up with Sean Murphy, the catcher, last year. Really good. He's not going to be expensive for another couple of years. Doesn't matter. They traded him to to Atlanta this offseason anywhere. He's having a great season for the Braves. But the other thing is, is that... They've just been awfully cheap in, in every other aspect of running a baseball franchise. That's right, right? The, the Coliseum is really fallen into disrepair, and it was never, you know, it's sort of one of those 1970s, 1980s yep. multi-purpose stadiums. It wasn't like a, a temple of baseball or anything. Yep. But I think the infrastructure problems there—the dugouts are flooding. There's stray cats living everywhere. My gosh. It's just. It's, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Right? Right. And the reason that the owners are doing this is because they want to get out of Oakland. And yep. they want they want to have public money either to buy a new ballpark to replace the Coliseum. I mean, it's not a secret that the Coliseum was falling into disrepair. You knew when you built the team that you were going to have to do something about it. Totally. But what the owners have done have tried to, to, to force that problem onto somebody else. And to try to get public money out of either people in Oakland or now they're heading towards Las Vegas. But... The proposal for all that public money in Las Vegas fell through, and uh, I think today or yesterday, yep. that session of the Nevada legislature that could have legislature that could have passed that bill to get them their money ended without that bill passing. So uh, the next legislative session is not going to be until next year. So that issue is sort of dead and tabled right now. And I think that that Oakland's really in limbo right now. I mean, they were going to have to stay in Oakland for another couple of years anyway. But now it seems like the Las Vegas route might be closing off. It's it's an awful, awful situation.
0: Man, it's definitely an awful situation. Uh, more on this, and and what we have with Carol and the ChickaDoodles on no Sports is way more about what a baseball team in Vegas might be like, and some of the peril perils of having. Uh, professional sports teams uh, in Las Vegas. We also want to talk about some Live stuff because the Live and the PGA are now quote-unquote merged. This is the big news in golf today. And I want to talk some NBA Finals as well, but we're up against it. Keep those texts coming in. Who was pl- in that song that we came back to? 406-888-1029. That'll get you entered to win. Some Taglieri Deli. It's Tag Tuesday each Tuesday here on Nuana's Now. Hour one the Bucks, hour two coming at you. We got Carol and the Chickadella's Sports and... Dougie Peoples, the Montana Gatorade Basketball Player of the Year. Jam-packed hour number two coming your way. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio.